So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This is part two of our look back at Halloween Horror Nights 22 from 2012. I am Matt, and joining me again is my co-host, Quint. Hello. All right, so we kind of did this, like I don't know, backwards or a little different. We usually don't start off with scare zones in shows uh it just we got into a conversation with the scare zones being so well no scare zones last year with the rimming hordes we kind of just wanted to tackle that wrap our heads around it and moved on so we're kind of finishing out with the houses which i think is a first for us i don't think we've ever actually wrapped up with the houses going through the event no i don't think we have and it's um it's an experiment there you go just like the rimming hordes hopefully right. this one works out better <clears throat> Um, I think it already has. <laughs> well, I don't know. Oh, uh, wow. No, I don't mean that. Let's. Well, you know what? I, I, who knows who's going to be able to tell from that episode? But last episode we recorded, we had. Well, first we were delayed an hour by a power blackout. We got interrupted by a power blackout, and then we had a cat walk across an audio board. So that was like after waiting a year <laughs> to do that episode, it felt like another year to get it freaking done. I agree it did. Um, <laughs> although I have to say like the the power outage was good for me because I got to take a nap. <laughs> right, the first one. You probably could have the second yeah. one. I was like you got to be kidding me, but that's all right. We won't spend too much time on that. But yeah, the last recording was a nightmare. I hope this one's better. I, oh my god. If it's worse, I you, we're never do we're, we're not we're not just not we're just not doing the last two years we have left. That's all that's that's all it's going to come down to. <laughs> God. Okay, so houses. Let me pull up a map here. Now um I I was gonna say I was almost positive this is the year we came up with what we were calling the Neos as run, but I don't think so because that would have saved actually, what's that? It was. It was the t- But Penn and Teller we did last, so if it was a Neos as run, it was backwards. Oh no! Um, I, I I remember what happened actually. Okay. Um, we we did come up with the Neo Zaz run this year in retrospect. Oh, okay, gotcha. That makes um, sense. We yeah, because we went home and we, you know we were talking about it, and then I you know we were talking to Dave trying to get him to come next year, and then that was when uh, one of the years that I think that was almost I don't remember, but it was it was that. 
in retrospect, if we talked about it and said, yeah, you know, if we'd have been smart, what we'd have done is went ding, 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 ding. But we didn't. We did this, 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 and this. <laughs> so next year, let's do this. And, you know, ever since we've kind of done that and then broken all of our rules because people were getting married or engaged or whatever. <laughs> and fuck this, that, and the other thing. And I don't think we actually ever really stick to our rules. But, well, by yeah, we, we do try. Yeah, yeah. Well, 20, actually, yeah, no, 25, we didn't so much either. Yeah, 25 threw us for a loop when they really starting having stuff that we wanted to save for last, we knew for sure. But anyway, Whoa. that's another story. And then and then Christy threw us for a loop because oh. <laughs> she wanted to go to one yeah. maze. And, yeah, and exactly. So we had to wrong stay and scream. Which is, you're right, <laughs> it is wrong. Anyway, it's just, it's one of those things where we do have our preferred route and we almost never actually stick to it the whole night right yep 24 honestly well 23 and 24 i think the only years we actually did it right but we talked about it ever since we've been doing this show right which is five years which is three years longer than we actually did it right so do as i say don't do as i do (laughs) right well and then i mean you know they threw a wrench into it with the repository one year where you had to make a reservation and you had to be there and all that so like it we do try and it usually the plan usually sticks together for like three mazes and then it all just kind of goes to hell yes and then they made a mile walk out of the parade building (gasps) (laughs) you just guessed that was an honest to god gasp i know you well enough to know that was real (laughs) uh yeah that was um oh we because because that was i I thought my legs were gonna fall off here's a you want to something that's gonna make you gasp again that's uh the rumor where universal monsters is gonna be which is one we're undoubtedly gonna do more than once Ooh. well in theory well, I've been saying I need to get back into shape. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. If that doesn't do it. Nothing will. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. At least burn a beer or two. That's for damn sure. All right. Well, so that. despite what route we took, what route do we want to reminisce on? That's really the important part of this conversation. I'm looking at the the list here. One, two, three. You know, I think we should go in order on the pamphlet. Okay. I can do that. I I think to me, that's going to work out really well. Okay. So if we're looking at the same one, I got walking dead first. Yep. Okay. Walking dead. This was over in the disaster queue, which that no longer exists. That's how long we've been doing this show. It's now fast and furious stuff. So we start off now. Th- this makes a lot more sense to me than it did when I watched it because we we talked about in the last or when I walked through it, we talked about this in the last episode. I wasn't watching Walking Dead yet, and it's kind of a shame because I think I would have had a much more uh, a much better appreciation of this because, and I also would not have I I couldn't possibly have had Walking Dead fatigue because it was the first year. So it's a little unfortunate I wasn't watching when this was presented. I thought you were though. Because when we went through it, and I said, "What was all of that that stuff?" and you said, "Oh, that's the governor's mansion." Or that's not the this governor's one. Thing and that's oh, not this it? one. That's the second one. Uh, oh, oh, you're right. Yeah. So oh, I was oh. watching by then. Oh, I remember now. Yes. yes, uh, yes that, and by then, by the governor, I was watching. That might have even yeah. been the third one. There's so many. It's, it's God, ow. My head hurts. No, I think it was the second one. That's right. It was because uh, Fear Scale was with us. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, this first one. So, but now I know 
um, what this is. And we start off in the hospital, and it's wrecked in those flickering lights, and we have walkers jumping out around corners. Of course, iconic to um, going past last time we see them in the pre-apocalyptic world. This is how the real story that oh, um, yeah. uh, the real story of walk- the Walking Dead actually starts. And right, yep. And we get to the hallway. And we get the infamous don't open dead inside doors, which are yep. have all the hands creeping through and and shaking the door. And that again, I saw it and went, okay, you know, cool. And here's me going, oh, cool. Zombie hands between doors, not realizing how iconic this door is. Yep. But lucky for us, we get plenty of chances to see it again. <laughs> Ooh, that was that was low. I know, I know, and I'm a walking. I'm still a Walking Dead fan. I, I'm still watching. Well, okay, I'm still watching Walking Dead. I rescind the fan part. I haven't not, watched it in a few seasons. I, I'm not sure I'm a fan of what I'm watching, but I'm still watching it. I don't know why. My because my Mondays are so bad that it's still ending my weekend on <laughs> Walking Dead on Sunday night is better than what I'm going to in the morning on Monday. I can see that, but. <laughs> yeah. um, just, just um, start watching the Rook instead. Maybe, yeah. I should find, should should expand. It's quite my good television watching. But anyway, that's that's uh, <laughs> geez. Now we're off topic. Again. We, we should talk about. It's hard to hard dead. to imagine. So okay, so from there, from the from the infamous door, we get we're further in the hospital. We now we have turned over hospital beds, different equipment that's wrecked and all over. Walkers just roaming around everywhere in in this hospital there's a glass pad there's a great one of those glass panels that you walk by and you get the one walker that like is kind of bumping into it and and scratching at it who you're watching not realizing as you walk past that wall there's there's that open boo hole for either that walker or a second walker that's hidden behind the drywall to come at you great effect great jump scare oh it was a really great jump scare yep um, I actually, um, uh, I recollect, uh, sorry, I remember actually really liking this maze, um, after going through it the first time mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was cause for me, it was just another zombie maze and it was, that, yes. that particular scare and some of the other stuff we're going to be talking about, I, I thought it all worked really well for, for a zombie maze. This was, I mean, we see it now. This was the start of universal developing this was their longest relationship obviously five years of walking dead but this is the first instance of and people might forget this now because it's it's almost so common of them developing relationships with creative properties for long-term goals i mean five years of walking dead two years of american horror story two years of stranger things ghostbusters has is starting this year it has to it has a a sequel made one that will have come and gone by the time 30 comes not counting the 2016 property this is a start i mean this is something they wanted to get right because they uh, not only the relationship with walking dead was available but it's like it's if they could prove this concept of a long-term relationship with a horror property they could present it to other people and do what they're doing now so this is something i think they really wanted to get right from the get-go I agree. And I think, 
I think they've been wildly successful with this. I don't think that they they even realized how successful they were going to be when they started planning this out. And and I don't think that I mean, because this really was the start of a lot of that stuff that we're seeing. And I don't think that we would have got the shinning or poltergeist <laughs> or any of those things if they hadn't honed their IP relationships starting with this as well as they have. The shinning. <laughs> Sorry, I had I to. <laughs> I love The Shining, but every time I see it, all I ever think is The Shining. That's the only time. Because I think I've seen The Shining. I've seen The Shining more often than I've seen The Shining. That's yeah. This is true. That's the only time anyone at Universal like actually laughed at me, like instead of being just cur- courteous and saying no. When I interviewed Charles Gray and said, "My co-host wants to know, will you have any references to The Shining in The Shining?" He's like. <laughs> I can honestly say no. No. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> I uh, had to. I know. Uh, just, yeah. So, uh, the sh- what's that? I don't know. I, I actually, um, I, I thought it was one of, uh, it's one of my favorite Treehouse of Horrors, and it's just, it stands out for me as a, as a parody that, that worked so well that I, I like to me, the two are synonymous. I, I don't know, man. It's like, I just love both. Yeah. It's great. All right. So back to walking dead. We actually, it's a good breaking point because now we switch scenes. We go from the hospital into the basement. We got stone, a uh, blood, blood, I'm sorry, blood stained concrete brick walls. There's walkers in the walls. There's some from the, we have, have the reaching from the ceiling walkers. They're, they're literally, at every angle as you go through the basement here and out of the basement, we get outside and we get to the RV that the, the the RV has since long gone in this, in the walking dead story, but it was, it was kind of their base of operations in the first season of walking dead. So we get, and I can't remember, Oh man, that's a shame. I can't remember the character's name that drove it. It's not Herschel. It was the other older gentleman, David. No, not, um, not Dave. Uh, Dale. Dale. Thank you. Yeah, it was Dale's, close. Dale's um, RV. And we get some more. Yeah, I didn't even look it. I didn't even look it up. I was typing. And then <laughs> as I was typing it, I'm like, it's Dale. Nice. Damn it. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, yeah. Yes. Dale's RV. And then we get some more cars. It's, it's one of those things where it's like first run through. Okay. There's cars. Second run through. I'm like, Oh, I know that car. I know that car. Oh, it's the all night dying car. Oh, that's It's like, you know, they have yeah. their And I don't know where they keep it. You know what? I've never asked this question. To this day, do they keep the car? Because cars, I mean, uh, I know they're, I know for a fact they're Mel's Dyan's cars operate and run. I, I wonder if they actually keep them on a lot on property. I wonder where well, they're kept. I, I got to look for an aerial shot, a, a, a recent aerial shot, and look for the station wagon. I'm sure they're all operational and they just, they drive them into their location because uh, other than that, especially when they're using them on the streets, it would just, it would be too much work to just drag them in and out all the time. I, I remember the very first time that I saw, and it's, it's really late in my HHN career and you were with me. In fact, it's hearkening back to Christy wanting to see that house and we were in the wrong scare zone. We're in the wrong <laughs> scare zone and we saw them bring out the school bus for Van 55. That's the first time I'd ever actually seen the bus driving. move. Yep. So, okay. So we're going through cars, another opportunity, another dark area for walkers to be, which of course they were. And then we aren't done. We're past the RV and the cars. And now we go into the barn. So we're into 
I don't remember again. I don't know Walking. Yeah, but I don't know Walking Dead enough to know if this is one of those. Remember how they how they do preview rooms for like they had for Insidious and for other properties. No. I don't no, know if season two is going so. yet or not. I th- I think it was. I um, think you're right. I don't think they've done any of that kind of stuff because, like we said before, this was really the okay. the groundbreaker for for the especially the TV show stuff. This was really the groundbreaker for that, and they yeah. hadn't really done any teaser stuff at all in Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. And I I don't think until till the year we went to Hollywood, I don't really think I remember doing a lot of really previewy stuff yeah. until that. Year. It's actually a really simple answer to find. I just looked to see what year season one and two were, and they're 2010, 2011. So obviously, we're, those are well yeah. past us. So you're you're absolutely right. So yes, we do a, we go into a season two scene, and we're in a barn, and it's the it's we get that red glow. It's it's not a well, I mean, it's supposed to represent fire, but we're not getting the fire because we're inside. It's a bunch of red light and a bunch of red strobes. And now you have like the broken wood and a different like the the low uh, horse stalls. Just another absolutely fantastic area for characters to walk out in fantastic makeup because the Walker makeup in at least the first two years was pretty outstanding. Oh yeah. I think they actually got, um, didn't they actually get show makeup artists to, to train some of the universal folks? I, I, it remember surprise me that, i know like Greg nicotero yeah. is like like he's much like um uh jermaine clement in uh what we do in the shadows where he like likes he doesn't he's not necessarily the control freak but he's he's very willing to have his hands in every aspect of it because mm-hmm. he has the passion for for the material so it would not surprise me at all if he or his crew were involved in helping develop the looks for the this this year right um and yeah, this was uh, the barn scene was um, really cool because to me, it kind of gave you this feeling of like a, a bigger building and a bigger room and a op- more open environment. And yet at the same time, with all of the, the stuff that you were just talking about, there was all these these places for things to be for people to be or characters to be hiding in. And there was, the, the, you know, it was it was like that tight tight corridor feel with an open view i guess i don't know it was just it was really well done i thought yeah it was it was it was a good house which is it's it's pretty amazing that both of us have really strong memories of it for a property that we didn't know anything about until a year or two later right well a year later because we did know by the next one yeah and then from well, out, you did i did yeah that's true yeah you're right you're right absolutely yeah yep so from out of the barn we went to a wooden a wooden fenced area not the woods we don't get the woods till later in walking dead history but we get a wooden fenced area again a f- kind of a false maze a lot of false uh walls and whatnot for characters to come out and then we exit out very good maze again have to remember first walking dead nowhere near fatigue yet it was a great introduction to mm-hmm. it. oh yeah i i I thoroughly enjoyed the maze. I didn't know anything about the property, so I don't know if that helped or hindered. I don't think I don't think either. Um, I think it was just a well-executed maze, and I think it would have helped if I'd have known the material because I would have gotten all the little in jokes and I would have gotten all the little oh, that's from the show and that's from you know whatever. But I don't. It wasn't needed, which to me means it's a good IP maze. If if you don't know the material and you go through and you have a good time, I think that is to me the the uh, the the symbol of an ex the execution of a good IP maze. Yeah, yeah. I think for someone that doesn't know the material, absolutely. It's a, 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 and it's hard to tell not knowing the material if it's like if it falls short, uh, then you have a problem. But I 
I had not heard anybody that I knew that watched Walking Dead say that it fell short, and I, I, I don't think it did the first year. The first year. Uh, no. No, I don't <laughs> think so. So, yeah, that's, uh, okay, Walking Dead. That was, <laughs> you know, it's good. And it's, that's the thing. It, we're at the point now you say Walking Dead, and it's, it's, it's got a history to it and not all that good. And I was like, oh, man, we're going to talk Walking Dead. But actually putting myself back in the moment going through it, it's actually a very pleasant experience. This is the opposite of what I expected <laughs> to feel talking about it this episode. Yeah. No, I mean, the fatigue was real, but uh, the first few years, I thought, Walking Dead was pretty stellar. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think I always, I have said many times 24, which was, ooh, that's the fourth one. Wait, no, maybe it's 23. 20, third one. Yeah. Third one was my all time favorite because they picked that year and they picked every iconic scene or they picked that season and picked every iconic scene. So that was the one they should have walked off. You know what it comes down to? It's those goddamn zombies in the pools, in the hot tubs. If it wasn't for that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they tried something. It didn't really work out that well. Um, I was kind of fatigued by that time anyway. So it probably didn't help that that maze was not a good execution. But, um, yeah, uh, I think that was the, the oh, for jumping the shark? Oh, yes. Yeah. Shark in a hot tub? What? Oh, I'm terrible. Yes. I'm so terrible. <laughs> Why do you have me on this show? Yeah, that's that's pretty much the summary of every email I get after each posting. Why do you have me on the show? It. Yeah, no. It's fuck. <laughs> oh, all man. right. So, all right, where do we want to wander? Let's go to, to? Silent oh, Hill. Go, you're right, we're going down the list. You're right. So, Silent Hill. <laughs> all right. That is I don't have these alphabetically. So, okay, welcome to Silent Hill. Okay. I got a question for you before we get this started. Did you play the game? No, that is where I was going to start with this. I did not. Okay. So, yeah, we're starting cool. off two properties that historically I did not have any uh, idea what I was getting into. So, yes, right. like Quid said, based on the name, you can probably tell it was based on the video game franchise. And there was a film, wasn't there? Yes. Okay. I did not see the film either. So I didn't see the film. I, I did play the video game, uh, the first one. There was there's like you know, I don't know eight or ten of them, or I, I don't know how actual many. Um, I played the first one. I really did enjoy the first one, but um, uh, yeah, I didn't play any of the add-ons, and I didn't watch the movie. And and it was to me, it was just like it's like it was a good horror game, and I love horror games because so, I sit in my dark office at night and I play horror games with my headphones on, and so the jump scares in them just. <laughs> get me every freaking time and i love it like i mean i hate it but i love it and so i just keep playing them but yeah uh i did play the game and uh this we'll talk about that more when we go through okay i see alice craig was in the uh movie the board queen i might have to see this now. yes okay anyway so all right we start outside of the house and things are already are starting in this and there's it's a chain link fenced area with a large white SUV, uh, I I don't know if that's a game element or not, and yeah. and a town sign that says "Welcome to Silent Hill," which I actually see now pulling up the the um, uh, movie site to verify it was a movie. That's that's the movie poster is a woman standing under the sign saying "Welcome to Silent Hill." So that's probably what that was from. Again, did not know that it's, it's from the, the game as well. It is okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 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 like it is that. It's one of the 
you know how you, in games they kind of give you this these trainer walkthroughs of your first level and and all that stuff just to get used to the controls and the how to move and all that stuff in the game and that sign was basically the end of if i recall right that sign was the end of the that training oh, session okay where it was like welcome to silent hill i get it so that's they're letting you out of the training and then throwing you into the game yep okay yeah see no i don't play those games i <sighs> Not to get off on a tangent, but what the hell? We, we're connected. We have power. Cat hasn't walked over anything. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot play modern day games if it's anything past shit. Street Fighter with six plus six buttons. It took me a year to use the six buttons on a joystick. I can't play any of these games anymore. I actually bring so, over. So I bring over my millennial yeah. that works for me at work and say, "Here, play the Star Wars game for me, so I can see the cutscenes." <laughs> I I have a problem with um with console controllers as well because I mean they've got like four different hat switches, three different toggle switches, buttons all over the place. Like they have more buttons than I have fingers and I'm supposed <laughs> to what the hell? Right? Yeah. So I I can't really play console games either, but that's why I play computer games. I I I love my keyboard for the controller. I drive a keyboard all day for work, so it's not really that hard so yeah if you're if you're actually interested in playing any of these games get the pc versions and give it a shot Mm. i'm good i'm all set (laughs) (laughs) okay so yeah we haven't even gotten inside the goddamn house yet all right so now we continue through the woods and we come across a creature wrapped in white he's faceless faceless arms bound and he kind of wanders towards you and then a police officer appear appears and fires her gun at the creature it's a scene we've seen actually played out quite a bit and usually i reserve this for um i say for halloween but ash versus evil dead had this too this is i didn't realize i shot him six times <laughs> yeah, I, I shot him six times but i didn't realize how many times halloween hard nights has actually used this scene in their houses as an introduction or distraction or a scene change until putting notes together here. So it's, I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing. It's just, it's finally one of those things that occurred to me. And now knowing I, it, I think it's a very effective scene. It is. For setting, yes. It, it, to me, it's an effective scene for setting up the good guys versus the bad guys. You, you, you really, you know, in one quick shot, you, Oh yeah. Did you see what I did there? One quick shot in one quick shot, you know, exactly who's fighting who and what's going on in, in the rest of the, the, the larger world here, you know? Yeah, no, it's a good scene. It's uh, I just don't know the characters and it, it, you don't need to know the characters to figure out what's going on in this story. So that's a good thing. Yep. So now we finally start walking towards a building and it's a big dilapidated building. There's creatures between the building and the chain link fence. So into the building, we got lots of lighting effects, strobes, stuff hanging from the ceiling. We get the shit in face stuff and we have more monsters and creatures from Silent Hill. Again, no idea what I'm even looking at. Even the night vision videos that are online to refresh my memory are mean nothing to me because I don't know. Um, we got some on, on the ground, some hanging from high on the walls. And I did, uh, manage to look up a character uh, that, cause it was so unique. I guess the, is Robbie the rabbit. Is that right? Now I was able to match him from a picture from a silent Hill list of characters, but is, I mean, is this a big character or did I just happen to catch the image of one and match it up to 
this guy? I don't, I, I'm I don't remember. Okay. I don't, that that part I don't remember. Like like all of the different characters and things like that. It's it's been a long time, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. I played that. It looks like oh. I mean it didn't take much for Google to find quite a bit on him. So I'm going to say it must be a a decent character. There are people losing their minds right now at the fact that I know nothing about silent Hill and I'm leading this podcast, but well, they they really need to go back and listen to some of the other episodes to to really lose their (laughs) their minds even further. (laughs) Why did people tell me to listen to these guys? Yeah. So I, um, I, and right again, right, I, I had this memory from putting my notes together years ago. And again, I look at Robbie the robot and it reminds me of uh, Meaty Meats from. Uh, it really uh, does. From yes, uh, I, Slaughterhouse. If that's yep. right. Is that. No, no, oh. no. Slaughterhouse is. Uh, it's. It's. it's, it's uh, uh, leave it the cleaver. Jesus Christ. I was, like, cleaver, I, yeah. I was like, I know. I was like, I'm sitting here going, it's so much more tongue in cheek than Slaughterhouse. What the fuck is it? That's what it is from Leave it the cleaver. I don't remember like, like I only remember snapshots of the game and there's actually, there's a really funny Twitter account that is, um, silent hill out of context. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, And it just basically, mostly what it captures is, um, bad cuts from the physics engine of the game where, you know, like some creatures like got a leg sticking out of something else or whatever. And just like, it's not the right thing, but, but the physics engine is just screwed up. But if you, if you have some time and you want to watch some hilarious silent hill cuts, it's, it's kind of a fun Twitter. Account. That sounds fun. Yeah. I might check that out. All right. So we go down a corridor and now we're starting to, as we, the further you get down the corridor, there's more holes in the wall. It starts to open up. There's chains strung everywhere. There's more strobe lights. We kind of got an orange color to the room. And now we're getting a, um, quite a few encounters with the nurse. Now, this character I knew thanks to the marking material from Universal, because not only was it on their guide, but there was at least one billboard on I-4 that I saw for like a month, maybe two weeks before the event. So I knew this the look of this character. So there was something I recognized. So the this maybe the nurse has another name than the nurse, but it's a the faceless, creepy, yet shapely nurse character that was on the cover of the of the guide. Mm-hmm. And, and oh they're kind of disturbing. They are. <laughs> it's the you know? it's the face it's a it's that everything they're not zombies. They're not you know like Frankenstein arms out in front of them wandering towards you. There's absolutely nothing spooky about their movement but you there's no face and no expression no nothing to read of what's happening in relation to their movements are they trying to kill you are they trying to save you it's a creepy design it is a creepy design and and i think that the the um it's the sort of sexy feature that they put into it as well absolutely yep contributes to the creepy because it's like uh for the male brain at least it's like part of it is like how she's got great legs, but Oh, yeah. like it just, I, you know, it's just weird that, that, that juxtaposition of, of this should seem sexy to me, but God, that's, that's just hideous. You know me? Yes. Right. Um, so I think, I think that character design for the nurses was amazing. And they did a great, I think that great job with the costuming for it in the house then on top of it. all, They did. They did as well. Um, but yeah, I think even just from the game that, that, that whole character, the design of that character and the, the way that they, they created that was just, it was really, really cool. 
And let's see, from there, we get to the finale room, and it is the, we have more of the chain motif, some kind of like, like not chain link, but kind of that, that black wired almost mesh. It's about a half to a three quarter inch big in the, in the walls that are showing up. And we get a pyramid head character on stilts, which is he, this is another character I knew. I knew this from uh, all the convention stuff we've had to do with other podcasts. Cause there's always a fantastic pyramid head on stilts in the cosplayer. Yeah. And they, and of course, you know, you, you test that to the, creative uh to the artistic team of halloween horror nights and you just get you know the one that trumps them all inside this house and they they always have um a, i mean they always have a, a huge pool of talent from still walkers to pull from yep and i gotta say like you know it's gotta be a real challenge for these people to be for because these are 45 minute long shifts mm -hmm. that you're on stilts and you're in a maze that's pretty tight and you're being his character and all that stuff on top of it. I, I just kudos to those guys. Cause that is not an easy job. I, I uh, they do a great, great job. Yeah. Is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yes. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's, it's a cool look. I mean, it's, I, it, I will say I, we talked about pyramid head on several episodes on our other podcasts because again for the convention stuff we do and i say it can't be his name i must be making up pyramid head my my myself because i don't know what his name is it, it's taking me it still feels weird to say it it's taking me many many years to realize this guy's name is pyramid head yep because it doesn't seem like it seems like a made-up name well of course it's a made-up name but you know what i mean it's like it sounds like a name that if you don't know what he's called that's what you call him yeah. yeah, and and well, that's lo and behold, that's what his name yeah, is. Yeah, I know. Yep, it's just it's so strange. Even today, knowing many years later, that's his name. I still I still have trouble saying it. So that's the finale inside. Then we get the exit corridor. We're led down a little bit of a path before we actually get away from everything, and we have a couple more encounters with the nurse character and Robbie the rabbit as we exit. And I didn't mention yep. it's in Soundstage Thirty Two, so it's behind those black curtains where you're. You get that that sense of it being over and safe, and then bam, out of the curtain comes one of the characters. Doesn't even mean it looks scary. Just the sudden jump in front of mm -hmm. you is enough to get a lot of people. And it was, um, I, I think that was one of the other curious things for me in this because uh, Soundstage B is usually reserved for one of their marquee sort of. Uh, uh, mazes right it's like it's one of the big ones it's the first one you hit it's most people hit when they go down main through the main thoroughfare it's it's usually that big house and for it to be a video game i thought said a lot yeah i mean i i don't know i obviously don't have the blueprints in front of me i don't remember it being any longer than any other houses so i mean being in in 22 doesn't necessarily mean they used all of 22 you know what i mean, that is I mean true. it could have been half true. of the square footage and I think it was because I, I don't remember it being like, because nowadays it's like you put American Horror Story in there. You put that, that one year yeah. of Walking Dead we we're talking about. They're noticeably longer. Jack's, yeah. Jack's house. They're noticeably longer. I don't remember this feeling any longer than anything else. I don't think it was used. Yeah, it filled the entire sound even, stage. It's not even that though, but it, it's like, it is that first thing that you hit. That's true. You yeah. know, if, yep. if you're going through the main thoroughfare, that is that's a, a marquee thing, and they they use it on a lot of their advertising, the Silent Hill stuff. And for a video game, I thought that was that's pretty cool. It is. You're right. Yep. 
All right. So now we're out of Silent Hill. Welcome to Silent Hill. Get the fuck out. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, my. Alice Cooper. Yeah. I, and now, I before I say anything, I like Alice Cooper. I like Alice Cooper's music. I like Alice Cooper, period. He is a cool too. dude. He, Have you heard his his recent or his current radio show? No. What has he got one on satellite? Oh, it's, I think it's on satellite. I, I pick it up every now and again. I don't listen to radio a lot, but right. I pick it up every now and again. And it's it's basically an eighties music radio show. Okay. And you know, he's he's the host. He does a really good job. And he's just like a really he's a really down to earth, cool host with his show. And you know, it's it's one of those things where I think I've liked Alice Cooper from from his beginnings to all the way to, you know, his radio show evolution. And I think he's just, I think he's just always been a really cool guy. And I think he's just always also been in touch with who he was yeah, and yeah. what he was projecting. And yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that he's still progressing in his music career and he's still doing the things that he's doing. It's, yeah. it's, it's awesome. I found it now. It's called Nights with Alice Cooper and it's actually on a, it's on an FM. So it's a syndicated FM. Yeah. So I'm going to, oh, it's got an app. I'm going to get the app. The other thing I want to say is my father, who's pushing 80 at this point, is an Alice Cooper fan. I don't think he oh, knows. Al- well, hold on. I don't think he knows Alice That's Cooper awesome. is a singer. He knows Alice Cooper is a golfer. Wow! And so he, no, he knows he's a singer, but like he's uh, yeah, I know. But still, like that—that's just out of the well, out of the, cool. out of sixteen hours of, of the day he's awake, twelve of those he's watching golf. So there's always these celebrity golf tournaments, and he he just really enjoys watching Alice Cooper not only play but when they talk to him is the thing because he's got a lot of personality. He's a neat guy. He is. I, I no argument for for that. To me, I think um, I think he's a really really. I think he's just got a lot of charisma. Yeah, and he always yep. has, and he's been able to just you know be who he wants to be and do the the dark weird stuff that he wanted to do and do the music that he wanted to do. And he's just been charismatic enough that it just he can pull it off. Yep, yep. But then they made a haunted house featuring him yeah. <laughs> in Sprung Tent One. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was actually this is this this doesn't happen as often as it does, but it seems to be happening this year in a sense. But well, that's that's another story. This was a recreation of the house that was done in Hollywood the year before in 2011, and it, it was. was really successful. It was really popular, and it was called and it is called this year Alice Cooper Welcome to My Nightmare. And uh, I we've never had this discussion discussion outright but there is and anyone that's done both parks there's a different vibe between the two halloween horror nights oh absolutely and you can't necessarily pull one thing out of one and put it in the other and get the same result no um and i think i think that goes just because hollywood's uh the entire vibe around hollywood and and la itself is so much different and having you know a music star or something like that do a headline thing like this is something that's totally cool in la and so and people will just like no problem doing that and they'll promote the crap out of anything and that's how you promote stuff in la is you put it into these little dinky venues that are like theme parks or something right yeah which is like totally different than when you're looking at orlando where 
theme parks are their lifeblood. Yes. And this theme parks are the highlight in Orlando. They are not the add on that they are in L.A. And I think it really shows. And I think um, I think I think this is a really good example of something where it was massive in L.A. And it was just kind of uh, a lukewarm reception when it got to Orlando. Yeah, it's like the difference between Orlando at this point and even more so now are creating immersive experiences uh, that you're either familiar with when they have an IP or they're creating one from the ground up. This is a little more abstract than either of those. You're taking a man's body of music and building a world around it. Not necessarily the easiest thing to do. And I don't really know many music acts you can do it with. Now they've done it with Rob Zombie. Yeah. And Rob Zombie is kind of a modern day Alice Cooper. And I'm not sure how that would translate here. I would love it, but I'm a Rob Zombie fan. And so I'm super biased. Well, I'm an Alice Cooper fan too. But uh, yeah, it's it's a very abstract thing to try to pull off. And like I said, you can't necessarily pluck one from one park and put it in the other. So, all right, let's get to the house now. So you first enter through a giant portrait of Alice Cooper and you walk <laughs> through his mouth, mouth. And I don't give a shit what attraction it is. Ever since the Simpsons ride opened at Universal Studios, whenever you walk through a mouth, I am going to say, welcome to a magical journey through my mouth. <laughs> Krusty the Clown ride. I will say that. It doesn't matter. Any time the ride you go through a mouth, I'm going to say it. I said it on a roller coaster at Great America we all went to when I came to visit you. And everyone looked at me yep. like, "That's what are you talking about? And I had to explain it like I just did now. But I will say it no matter what. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> so, so you entered through... First area you entered was was some bloodied, uh, hanging like s- chains and sound pads, like a a uh, a recording studio go wrong, but it didn't necessarily look exactly like a recording studio, but it had the elements of music. Then you got into the first real room, and it was padded walls, chains hanging, characters in straight de- jackets popping out from the walls. This is the 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 welcome to my nightmare kind of introduction and of course alex alex what really alice cooper music is playing everywhere and i don't quite get my ear tuned in until we get to the next part which we're into the hospital area and we have demon nurses so now we've got like now we're bordering on hot house but not quite there there. but we got a hot, hot room and you have poison playing okay now if we're kind of making up music videos to the music i'm on board we're, we're kind of getting somewhere on here mm-hmm. so from there we head into the next room we have a strobe lights galore to the point where it's like almost the disorienting or, or maybe it is maybe that's what it's supposed to be and you have a grid of wires and bars all over the walls and an e this evil temptress behind this grid and some more hot demons and then we approach from there it's our transition point into a school and we get schools out another classic Alice Cooper song. Right. But so I, that was the part of the maze where they kind of lost me. Right. Cause everything else was kind of like, okay, we're, we're in this horror vibe and it's this musical horror thing and it's pretty cool. And then they just flashed me into the school and, and yes, there were, we'll get into what the elements of that are, but it just kind of like, it was really a, a, an abrupt transition. It is because there's no story here. We're just, taking loose interpretations of a song and schools out actors in letterman jackets. They have kind of these blank face masks on and it's, you know, this, the school theme, but with a little horror twist to it. 
Yeah. Yeah, that that was where it started not yeah. working. And then this is where it gets, I wouldn't say weird, but it's like, it, there's really, obviously, there's no tying anything together at this point. Because we go into a nightclub, uh, like, bar. There's dancing girls, huge stained glass portrait of Alice Cooper. And uh, there's these more the kind of like, the, not the demon nurses, but those demon type-esque uh, female characters feeding on corpses music playing i don't even know what song maybe feed my frankenstein even though that's uh, he says the word libido in it it's a sex drive song but it might be right. feed feed would be the the would go along with here i might be wrong on that well feed and frankenstein are the the yeah yep uh last room then we get to this like wooded alcoves and there's a, a some it's you're 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 kind of walking into like a oh man like a like a chamber and in these alcoves are creatures characters we've seen from past rooms and then an Alice Cooper character himself he's got like the top hat and kind of the um, it's it's a tuxedo but it's a cool tuxedo it's something Alice Cooper probably yeah. actually owns and he's it's obviously a character in a mask but it's a really good mask and he's kind of performing and escorting you out the room this is like I said it's 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 fine. I'm a big Alice Cooper fan, but it's it's just very not what I've experienced up to this point after many, many years of Halloween Horror Nights. So I thought it started pretty strong, and I think if they would have continued in the vein that they started in, it would have been okay, where you could just like, okay, we're going to listen to a bunch of Alice Cooper music, and we're going to put you through horror scenes that match up to this music. But I thought... You know, when once we got to the school scene, I thought after that everything got tamed down and everything was just kind of like, uh, okay, you're you're kind of got me in a video, but I don't right. like this video. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 always it always teeters on the border of one or the other and never decides what side it wants to go to. Exactly. It's like, do I want to be a, thought- horror, a horror movie with an Alice Cooper soundtrack, or do I want to be a, hor- a horrific Alice Cooper video? It never makes up its mind. Well, and, and the thing is, is like, I thought the video part of it wasn't even that horrific. It was that, like, it, it's just, yeah, I just, that's the word I picked. You know, you know like, what I mean? Yeah. Like a, exactly. It was like, H-H- do you want to be in a mediocre, a, yeah, an a mediocre video. video, or uh, do you want to be in a horror movie that's set to Alice Cooper songs? And I wanted more of the horror movie set to Alice Cooper songs. You know, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted, and that's not really what I got. Yeah, I yeah, it's it's man, it, it's one of those it's one of those ones where it's like I really wanted to like it because I like the subject matter, but it just didn't work for me. But I didn't hate it either. I mean, there's some houses from the past we've talked about that I don't ever want to see, even think about again. So this is just an unfor- it's. I think the reason I'm harping on being let down by it is because I really wanted to like it for Alice Cooper. Not that yeah, he me needs me to do that for him, but I wanted to. Yeah, yeah I wanted to like it just because I'm an Alice Cooper fan, and right. I wanted to have a good Alice Cooper house, right? Exactly. Yes. Regardless of, of how he feels about it, I mean, it lined his pockets. He feels great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But no, it was, like, it was just like I like Alice Cooper. I think there's like this gold mine of stuff we could that they could have done with it. Too much of the party vibe in the music video part, not enough of the uh, actual Alice Cooper scary sort of monsterish vibe. Um, so, yeah, those are the things that I thought were misses for me. And I would have liked to see more of that horror side. It's yeah. Eh, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it reminds me of the David pumpkins thing. We got 99 floors. <laughs> they ain't all got to be winners. <laughs>
Uh, it's fucking great. All right. So moving on is probably what was, uh, it's yeah, let's be honest. It was second to my hype list, but it was very top of my hype list for that year. Penn and Teller nuked mm. Las Vegas 3D and sprung tent two. Yeah. Um, this was my, this was my first 3D maze, wasn't it? No. Uh, in no, between. no, second. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did the in between, which yep. was, uh, that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this was the second one that, that I had done. Um, so I didn't know, uh, I didn't know what to expect, uh, with the, the chroma depth and all that stuff. So I, I knew what was the, the style that was coming, but, um, I'll be really honest. I wasn't a pen and teller I didn't know much about Penn and Teller until that we did this. And then you said, yeah, they're, they're in Vegas, blah, blah, blah. And I started looking them up and, and had to do a whole bunch of catch up on who Penn and Teller are and what they're doing because they're, they're amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> that's funny. I, I, I said that, huh? Because I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to jump to the end on this one. For one that I was like super, super excited about, I was actually pretty I disappointed in this one because there was not a whole hell of a lot of it that said Penn and Teller outside of the name. Well, the I mean, yeah, the only thing that really said Penn and Teller was the, the video screen outside that, that introduced you to the maze and did all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I expected there to be a lot more, oh... Uh, not sure what the word, like, like, uh, I mean, 3d there's the chroma death is a illusion. I expected there to be more illusion based things, but I also expected more like Pratt folly things sort of, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, it's, there's really, um, there's a problem with that. It's like, it's, it's really, that all falls on me. I, I let up a bunch of expectations that didn't just actually read what they were doing. It, the idea is that the, Las Vegas is nuked and it's rebuilt and it's, it's, it's a post-apocalyptic, this funky, you know, 3d chroma depth thing. And Penn and Teller are the ones that designed it. That, I mean, that is actually what happens here. They deliver on that promise. I placed way more expectations on things that no one said was going to happen. And I ended up disappointing myself in a sense. So it's, it's a weird thing. It is, but I, I guess for me, uh, the the name of the maze and and the expectation that I had was was a little bit the same as you. It was like this is not what I was expecting, mostly because even with you know reading that okay they've you know Vegas has been nuked and you know you're you're going through this this Penn and Teller new show basically or new you know then we've got a nuked Vegas and this is our thing. I um. I expected more. I expected Penn and Teller to be inside the house a yeah, more than that's, what yep. what happened, which was this was kind of like Penn and Teller presents uh, nuked Vegas. Right, that's a good point it, too. Yep, it's it's they were they were heavily involved in this in this house. They they were on site for a long time, planning this all out and doing all this stuff. And it was more of a Penn and Teller present a haunted house in nuked Vegas, which was not. Penn and Teller nuked Vegas. I, I don't know. I, am I making? That, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, there wasn't. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, there wasn't very big Penn and Teller presence in it until the end on video screens, which is, yeah. I mean, that's 
Penn and Teller are very That's, two distinct characters. You may not want That's to. That's okay. Do, yeah, exactly. I don't have a problem with that. The video screen stuff was okay, and I, I, I had no problem with them showing up at, at, on video screens. I just kind of expected them to have a presence through the house, which they really almost didn't. I kind of expected, like, um, well, after seeing the screens, and in, 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 it's a retros, in retrospect or a hindsight <laughs> expectation, if that's even a possible thing, that um, they would have been appearances within the house guiding you through. Like, there was um, going ages back um interstellar terror you saw the captain's log throughout the throughout the right. ship telling you the story of what was happening i mean i thought you might have Penn and teller kind of telling you what's happening not very long stories you can't stand there and watch a 20 minute video but like a, a five second blurb of the room you're in but there wasn't it wasn't there no and uh um i also didn't really think that and I hate to be saying this because like, I know, Alex I know, yeah. caught up on a lot of Penn and Teller, and I like Penn and Teller a lot. But I also didn't think that the the 3D was used that well. It wasn't compared to the year before. The in between is probably one of the best all time 3D mazes, and this was not as great a exactly. follow up. Um, and I, yeah, I'm yeah. a big I'm a big Penn and Teller fan too. And I met them a couple years later by accident by taking a wrong turn in the Rio. Literally, that actually happened. <laughs> I was like, boom, there's Penn and Teller, and they were kind enough to stop and take pictures. So awesome. I mean, yeah, I was, yeah, they're on my wall right now. I'm looking right at them. So I mean, it's nothing against them. It was just the 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 wasn't. And again, I, do you read the description? Is it right? Absolutely. Is what I expected there? No, but that's my fault. So the premise here now, the actual storyline we're getting into Penn and Teller attempt to perform an enhanced trick in their show and they end up nuking Las Vegas, but they're going to fix it by giving it their own makeover. Like we just kind of talked about And that's what it is. It's a, it's, it's Las Vegas designed by Penn and Teller. Chroma depth 3d house. We've explained that in past episodes. We talked a little bit about it here. Our first encounter is outside and we get the vomiting man from years ago outside the uh, IOA hosted HHN from uh, the yeah. Marvel Island one, which I can't remember the name of it at this point. We've done so many shows, but now he's in a hazmat suit and constantly puking into a toxic waste barrel. Yeah. Uh, so now we enter the casino and the first thing we do is see is a dealer in a hazmat suit again. And he's, he is accompanied by a three breasted showgirl. That's, there to entertain us and it's got a very it's not well i mean obviously i was gonna say not not as exactly like total recall because she wasn't topless but i i got an immediate get total, your ass to mars yeah i got a total recall vibe immediately from just the idea of it yeah me too so from the dealer's room or from the casino i should say we're led into the honeymoon suite which that's another vegas staple and <laughs> we got a, a deep yeah. <laughs> yeah. this this deformed maid prepping the room for us. And before she leaves, I think she really hard to tell that uh, we meet the bride and groom that have been melted into one person for all the things I said, prefacing leading into this, this was a really clever idea and a very good character design. The bridegroom. Yes, I agree. Yep. Um, uh, and again, I, I, th I think that you nailed it when it was just like our expectations were so much different than what we got. Yep. Yep. So, you know, and, and I think if we had better expectations, it would have been more interesting. Yep. So out of the honeymoon suite, we go into the Penn and Teller's backstage prep area, the Rio, 
and we have a severed torso of one of the one of their assistants fused to the wall, reaching out for you. <laughs> and with a radioactive mutated magi- magician mutant with um, these grotesque hidden doves now melded to him that he would have between his coat and his body. It's like it's not a dove man, but the doves are hideously melted into him from the nuclear blast. Although, well, I'm not even going to get into the physics of a nuclear blast, what would really happen, but we, they say nuked. Nuked is a general term. It wasn't necessarily a nuclear bomb. Right. So from there, we go into a room full of these hanging string lights. And again, we've seen this in almost every 3D house. You get the, the, the red bordering on orange, the green bordering on yellow, and the deep blue. So now it's really fucking... With that chroma depth. I actually really like this. I know I expected every 3D house, but I still like it when I see it. So we get to go through one of those hallways. And then we have in this room, and which happens as well, you have characters that are completely, completely in black and they're coming. Not They don't rush you or touch you. They just they, they have those shaker cans and different noisemakers. I don't think they're the shaker cans. I think there was something different for this, but a noisemaker to startle you, or maybe they even put a hand in front of your face, a la Hollywood, Hollywood Horror Nights, something that you're not expecting because your eyes can really only focus on those light strings. Yeah. And they did a pretty good job with that. Mm-hmm. From there. I liked go- it. Yeah, I did too. Uh, I Yeah. From there, we go into the slot machine room and we have some Roman guards, uh, which is, I think like a, probably a Caesar's reference. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably about right. They're fused to the slot machines, <laughs> and, and and as they have also have um, wads of cash stuffed in their mouths, like they're they're been well, they've been not just fused, but kind of uh, combined between it. I don't know what you want to call it, <laughs> combined into one thing, a slot machine slash Roman guard. And in the midst of all this, while you're looking at the those details, we have a zombified Cleopatra crawling around the machines, ready to scare you. Uh, again, a pretty cool room, but it just, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, if you're taking everything one-on-one, one-by-one, it all sounds pretty cool. I just thought that the execution from A to B was just not that great. Uh, so from there, we go into, we get a Siegfried, only Siegfried uh, reference. <laughs> it's a Newt Siegfried, and he gets attacked by a tiger. I don't know if that makes that okay or not because it's not Roy. I mean, obviously Roy was the one who got attacked. Not that I, I I'm going to sit here and be the the you know the moral compass on this. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just making the note. It didn't bother me. I probably laughed at it. I thought it was fucking yeah. hilarious, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> and then at the end of that room, this is like the performance room because then you get a fat Elvis that jumps out you out at you, which that could happen on the South Las Vegas Boulevard Strip. You could have that happen in real life. A fat Elvis jump out at you. Yes, and it would be even more scary than in a haunted house. I've had a fat short Elvis actually bowl me over on an escalator on the South, or try to. He didn't bowl me over, just kind of bumped me out of the way in South Las Vegas Boulevard on one of my billions of trips there back in the early 2000s. Yeah, but after some of your stories there, uh, that doesn't surprise me I think at all. that started that night of that story, actually, the one you're talking Ooh. about. Yeah. Yeah. I should have known when a fat short Elvis almost rolls me off of a of a escalator. escalator things aren't going to get much better to, that night. 
<laughs> so from there, we go into the buffet because you have to visit a buffet at uh, in Las Vegas. And the buffet has is painted in all kinds of colors. So just shit just appears to be everywhere. It's not unlike... To give people a modern reference that haven't seen it, that may have been going the past few years, not unlike the Tea Party uh, in Alice Asylum in Wonderland. Uh, that's an interesting. Yeah, it's it's close. Yep. Um, we also get a mutated chef, and we do get a shaking floor when it was working or when it was running, depending on what delicate flower mm. decided to complain about the shaking floor. Yeah, it was actually running the day I was there. Yeah. I <laughs> and we got some air jets from the buffets as well to make it feel like the food in there was not as dead as it probably should have been at serving temperatures. Right. Yeah. But there, wasn't there some smells as well? Probably. I don't recall. I, I, it, that I would not surprise remember, me by any means. Yeah. I distinctly remember unappetizing smells yeah. in that room. That could be. And it would, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me um, because we. We've had our fair share of discussion about smells at HHN. So Ooh, yeah. yeah, then from there we get in the, the the final two, or we get in the final room, and there's two screens of Penn and Teller congratulating us on surviving. But it's actually a distraction for two evil mutant clowns to pop out on either side from all that scare, which had to be your favorite part of the house. Of course, <laughs> like I mean, who doesn't like a good clown scare? Yeah fucking clowns it's funny it's like i actually should have read my bottom bottom of my note i could have summed up my problems and my likes of the house with this sentence i said i love 3d houses i love pen and teller i also love cashews and i love bubble gum but i shouldn't combine those two loves into one ah yes see i think that is a very apt description yes that was pretty clever five years ago You want to say yes, but it insults me and compliments me at the same time, and you don't know what to do. Right? I know. <laughs> like, like uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Dead End. Dead End. All right, Soundstage 20B. B and we are at the Hartford Mansion in Cary, Ohio. Yes, Yay. that is cool, and it's a haunted house, straight up, flat out Halloween haunted house. This is gives them carte blanche to just do something classic. I wouldn't say simple, simple in concept, and have fun with it. And yeah, I, I agree that the simple in concept is there, but this was this was not a simple house. Right, exactly. So we enter an actual house facade by actually going up the porch up a couple of steps. And we walk past some jack-o'-lanterns that are on the porch. So we got the setting for Halloween. And we walk into the front room. So we are in a house. house. I actually, the, the, I, I tend to like... I, I have liked these kind of room to room house situations. Oh, well, well, poltergeist, uh, Krampus. I don't know what is about them. I just, I guess I like the idea of, of the familiarity of it and being able to uh, see what they do with it. And this is one right there. So we go into the well, front. I think, uh, um, sorry, just, oh, I sorry. think part of that is that um, when you're building 
you know, when you're when they're building these these mazes and these haunted houses and all that stuff, and the, and some of these are transporting you into like the trenches, World War One, or things like that, and that's hard. Yeah, and that's yeah. hard to get you there. I think that what what um, what's cool about a lot of these more contemporary modern settings, where it's just it's just a house or it's just a, a condo or whatever, is that uh, they can actually pull that off easily. And don't get me wrong, I don't mean when I say easily, I mean, it's like they can knock up four walls and do this stuff. And then it's the attention to detail of like the kitchen or the whatever room you're in in that house. They do that attention to detail so well because all of these other things that are so intricate and trying to take you into those, those other places when they actually have one of those rooms where it's like it's a room that you should feel like you're you're in your own home. They, you know it's it's not as uh, a monumental undertaking to do that right do you know what i mean yes yeah i, I follow you and yep. so yeah and so when when they do it it's it's just like yeah they've got all those little details perfect like you know there's there's dishes in the sink or there's there's you know all those types of things they really nail it the same way that they nail all the things where they're taking you into these outer realms yep uh, it, it, i i I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I'm explaining that really well. I but follow what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I also um, like, and I think, I think that's why those, those housing scenes work so well. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's the, the physical part of it. And I think the conceptual part of it, I mean, haunted house, yeah. that's the term, you know, it comes from the fact that people had believed and some still believe their homes are haunted and it starts, it's, sure. it's moved on to other things, haunted cemeteries, haunted, haunted factories, yada, yada, yada. But I think it's all started. The idea comes from a house being haunted. That's where the name comes from. So it's kind of like going yep. back to the roots of what they've been building all these things from. Yeah. And, and, and the, the weird thing that these rooms do is they make you comfortable. Mm hmm. Right. Very good point. Because yes. You're, yep. You're comfortable being in a kitchen or a bedroom or a living room and they make you just really comfortable. And once subconsciously you're comfortable. And then once those first scares hit, it's just, it, it's extra effective. Right. Yes. That's a good point. So now we get into the house and it starts off pretty innocuous. This is a house that like escalates, which is also fun, but it starts off. We don't have any true characters in this first room. We're in the, front room and we have these images of of specters and skulls that flash across the walls and from there you're led into a hallway now in the hallway there's a bunch of bare wood and a bunch of boo holes and now we're getting kind of a little more of a fleshed out physical manifestation of what we just saw there but still not super detailed and and super in your face yet but mm -hmm. we're, we're getting there so out of the hallway we move in through some tattered plastic sheets like the house that's is being renovated and into the doorway of a child's room and now now we start having some characters some fully fleshed out characters pop up from behind the furniture we also have some of these projections in this room as well that we started off with so we got a combination of the two and at the end of the room, we have this young girl that died in the room. At least that's the story is. And it's a very short character. It's it's another one of those uh, absolutely pay attention to detail or, or or really searching for the correct character to have a, a someone over 18 play this little girl to kind of... It's, she's not a jump character. She is a one of those 
just stare there, have that dead stare in her eyes and not really do anything, which is can be creepier than a character jumping out in front of you. Right. So she's one of those creepy vibe, but yeah, you in yeah. an off, off sort of feeling mode. Cause now, now they've got you in the house, you're comfortable being in a house. And then all of a sudden you've just got this, this, creature staring at you because children aren't real people yet um <laughs> and 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 it just it's doing it's it's the war of uh that op- offset of making you comfortable with being in a in a comfortable you know normal situation and now they're throwing this in and it's just a set piece almost yeah. it, it, this character at that point is almost a set piece to just freak you out a little right but just enough life left in her to move that it's unnerving right yep because you could put a manic in there it wouldn't be the same no, thing that wouldn't a little work bit of life no to it. Yep. no no because she's got to have that dead stare exactly and she's got to yeah. be able to like like turn her head and actually follow you through the room maybe or that kind of stuff like that has to be there for for that creep factor to really sink in mm-hmm. yep so out of that room we go into their what is the living room best I can describe. And you have two like ghostly, they're, they're characters, but they're, they're certainly not of this world. They're these ghostly figures are sitting in chairs. They're waiting for their photo to be taken with another ghostly photographer. And as they're, the photographer is counting down, of course, before we actually hit one or he says cheese or whatever that character is saying that day, you have these, these characters, suddenly move towards you and, and give you an unexpected scare because it's breaking your expectations. You know, you're set up with one thing, yeah. but you get another. And the more you move through this room, we have more characters jumping out as you go along. And in the next room, we have this uh, dressing room where something horrific seems to have happened. And we have a faceless character pop out and swipe at you from where the sitting mirror was or well, after where the sitting mirror was. So you're kind of looking to see, what could have happened to whom and where? And then bam, there's this faceless character, which is, there's gotta be a story behind that, that I don't know, but you're not in the room long enough to hear the story down another hallway. We start moving to the outside. I have more characters behind trees. Now we're escalated into full fledged horror haunted house. We have a little bit of everything. This is kind of like the Halloween theme that I mean, the, the holiday, not the movie theme. We have some zombies, ghouls, scarecrows, all kinds of things that just say Halloween and as a grand finale to this. And then uh, we move back into the house for one more room. We go into a library and now we, we don't, we have character presence, but it's, it's, it's this really harkens to like your old time, small town haunted house. You're in a library and there's hands reaching out at you. You don't see people and you have projections on more ghostly projections. It's it's like an almost an homage to the small town growing up with a haunted house, but done Halloween Horror Night style. Very yeah, simple in concept. Very well done. Very traditional HHNified haunted house, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, it, it this was uh, it. You know, I always espouse my my love of the originals, and it, it's this is another one that that really was the start of of me loving the originals. Is that you just uh, the creative team gets to do what they want, and they take 
this simple sort of what you told said in the beginning, this simple sort of concept and turn it into a masterpiece of, of awesomeness. And yeah, it was just fun to go through start to finish. All right. So that leads us to Gothic and that is in soundstage 20 a. So our first facade is the cathedral that this takes place in and it's under refurbishment. So we're with a cathedral, there's headstones and these star stone cargoyles that are kind of lead up to there. And of course, at least one, maybe more, at least one of those stone gargoyles aren't actually stone. It's a great character makeup job. Again, it's like the, the living statue idea. Yeah. yeah. Which is always neat. I think, uh, I, uh, you know, I walk into rooms and I know it's going to happen. That's what I was just going to kind of say. Happen, yeah. <laughs> and I know it's going to happen. And it, fucks me up every time well, what's what's tough is it's it's like it's it's almost worse when you in a sense it might be worse when you know it's there because it's always at least three options it's become more over the years but you can until you go through it for the first time you don't know which one of the three or more it's going to be and you usually guess wrong or you don't have enough time to guess before it startles you and you're like ah shit okay now i know where it is and sometimes they've changed them yeah that, that's true yeah because I know I've gone through a couple of, of <clears throat> sorry, a couple of mazes where they've actually changed them, where it's like, okay, I know it's the third one. Holy shit, the first one just nailed me. And it's like, what the hell? Like, it was supposed to be the third one. <laughs> like, you move the tombstones. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, uh, so once we're through the entryway of the cathedral and past the living statues, we're into a foray with some high ceilings, some stained glass windows, and we get a horn-winged gargoyle that jumps out from the walls. So, yeah, we've kind of got the theme going already. Gothic, the gargoyles, that's 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 pretty much what the characters were going to get. We pass through the bell tower with the rope area, and we have ropes hanging everywhere, and, of course, more gar- gargoyle characters popping out. Into the altar room, and now we've got, this is, I remember us, is this like one of those things, it's like, we were so amazed by the flying nightingale in 21 that we were like, the gargoyle flew over her head, and we're just like, oh, that's cool. But, you know, it's like, it's like we've seen, not been there, done that, but it's like, it, it loses, it lost its luster after the surprise of a flying char- character in 21. Right, yeah. It's so um, cool as hell, though. I don't know. I, I don't know if it lost those luster for me. Oh, really? uh, I still, I no, I don't think so. I mean, the first one was amazing, but the second one was still like, Oh my God, they've done this again. It's just, uh, yeah. I, it's, I, I can't remember the exact reaction I had. So I can't say it's just, it's since we've already talked about it, I don't have as many notes about, Oh, this is, I remember this and we said this and we reacted like that because I already had done through, been through those notes. So I have to imagine not knowing there was going to be a flying character at the time we saw him. It probably must've been really cool. More a lot cooler than I'm playing it off as in this. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I mean, I get what you're saying. It's like the first time is always like that super cool. Holy shit. They've never done this before, <laughs> yeah. but I think, you know, the second time was just, just as fun for me. Okay. And uh, it was just, I was still in like, this was year number two. This for is me. true. This you know? is true. Yep. 
and I was still in in shock and awe of, of everything that they actually were doing, regardless of first or second time. I was still just in shock and awe. So from there, we go into an altar room, and there's candles all over the altar. Again, more distractions for more gargoyles. Gar- well, let's try it again. Gargoyles to jump out of different corners. And we're led, that is the last room inside the cathedral. Now we're outside of the cathedral, and they have a very well-done starlit night for this ending room. And now we are in another garden of statues and you get to play the kind of roulette guess of which one is alive. And you'll very unlikely guess, or at least be scared before the uh, thing actually gets you. So we start the first scares are living statues. The last scares are living statues, which is nice, nice book end to a, a relatively, again, simple in concept, but then you have some amazing set designs and some even more amazing costumes and makeups to back up that idea. Yeah. And, and I guess for me, this was cool. Cause I love Gothic sure. horror. Okay. Like, yep. I, you know, I, I love those cathedrals and I, is, I, I don't want to get into any of the, the, the religious part of it, but like, um, when I travel Europe and I go through some of these these ancient cathedrals and like like all of these these towering pillars and, and beautiful glass and all that stuff, like I love that aesthetic. And for them to wrap that up into a maze like this was just tons of fun. Yeah, and there is a story behind it too, which again most people aren't going to know the the story. But the idea is that it's 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 a cathedral that's renovated and the spirits that are within the cathedral are coming into gargoyle form to protect it at night from any kind of looters or trespassers or whatnot. It it helps the story to an extent. Oh yeah. It's the same thing that we've talked about with, um, with a lot of their other stuff where it's like, you know, a lot of these bases, you don't need to know the story, but the fact that there is a story and they think about this stuff so deeply makes the mazes what they are. Yeah. You know, that they like a lot of these, uh, I mean, modern times now, like um, we've we've been talking to some of the characters and stuff like that. And they're like, every character has a backstory and every character has, you know, is told what they or every actor is told what their character has gotten to or has gone through to get to this place. And this is the character you need to play and all that stuff. And I think that that level of attention to detail really makes the mazes better. I, I agree. I always enjoyed learning the stories and what, what, what goes into each character's eh, motivation story is probably a better way to say it myself. So yeah. Yep. I agree on that. Mm-hmm. All right. And, oh, go ahead. And, and you know, anytime I get to consume creative people's stories, I'm always happy. <laughs> True. Yep. <laughs> okay. Out of Gothic into Universal's House of Horrors parade building. And like yeah. I said, Penn and Teller was my second, number two on my hype list. That's a way to say it. This is number one. Universal Monsters, classic monsters, the classic monsters. I've been through many renditions of Universal Monsters at this point in Halloween Horror Nights, but I had yet to get the true, unalterated, unreimagined, what I grew up with on Sunday afternoons on UHF television, Universal Monsters. And here they were. And... It was, it starts off right away with the, the hallway you walk into has these black and white pop art portraits of all the classic monsters, at least the ones that I recognize, Phantom of the Opera, Bride of Frankenstein, Frankenstein's Monster, 
Wolfman Mummy. It's just they're they're all there, and you go in and everything is blacklit. So it's got a monochromatic vibe, but still has some color to it. Each one had its own like kind of uh, day glow fluorescent theme color to it. It's 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 like uh like the the catacombs in um dead exposure that was i mean that was just mm-hmm. white with black light but this had like uh, i think uh gilman creature from black lagoon was green uh, i believe the mummy was purple dracula was red i might be having the colors wrong but you still had your the black and a color rather than just black and white not black and white i would so love to see a black and white universal monsters house but this was pretty close this was the yeah. idea was there yeah um this was this was kind of a real surprise for me because, like I said, second year I'd never seen anything where they went to a style like this for for some of their classic stuff, and it was just it was an eye opener and it was amazing. So first place we went into was the woods, and we got the Wolfman, and just it's it's this is going to sound really simple on the surface, but it it I mean. It's 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 hard to explain something that everybody knows, but you're in the woods, you have the full moon in one of the alcoves, and while you're kind of looking through the woods and the moon, the wolfman pops out at you, out of the woods into a castle, and we not, this was cool, I wasn't expecting this, we get Dracula, but we also have a big Nosferatu presence in the form of a lighted silhouette of him to start off this room, so they mm-hmm. nodded to Nosferatu and Dracula in this room that was cool that was that was really cool yep um from there next passage was lined with hieroglyphics that led to the mummy boris karloff mummy from there we go briefly outside this is in quotes and we get our encounter with the creature from the black lagoon which is i it's not my favorite of the movies i love it don't get me wrong but it is my favorite monster by far I, I don't know. Oh yeah, I think because it's the most monstrous of the monsters. Um, yeah, and it's. Um, I think it's also one of the more sympathetic of the monsters. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of the monsters in the in the um, universal pantheon that that are very sympathetic. That are not you know the the straight up monsters that they're they're portrayed to be in a lot of the pop culture stuff there's there's nuances to almost all of their monsters but mm-hmm. this one in in particular i think is one of the very it is a lot more sympathetic than a lot of the other ones and uh it, the other thing i like is just that whole water yeah. vibe and that whole you know that that thing is just to me um it, it's always amazing to see and yeah. speaking of which um it's a perfect time to bring this up have you seen shape of water yet i still haven't seen it Oh my god, I man! Know. I'm gonna have to hurt you. <laughs> it is so good, man. You, I mean, when you watch this, you you are going to kick yourself for what I know. So I know. I know. You're right. I, I, yeah, from what everyone's told me, I should have watched it by now. And it's not even one of those things. It's like it's like usually when it takes this long, it's because it's like I'm tired of people telling me how much I'm going to like it or I've heard so much about it that I can't possibly live up to the hype. I'm not even at that point. It's like I just I no. don't know why I haven't gotten to it. No, I don't think I mean, I don't think that's that's going to be the hype. I, I think you're going to be fine. Okay. Don't, you know, 
um, I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. All right. So now as we get out of the woods, we're entering into a room and we hear a lot of electricity crackling in the air. And there's no doubt in my mind what I'm walking into. And lo and behold, it's Frankenstein's laboratory or laboratory. And we get Bride of Frankenstein. We get Dr. Frankenstein. And then we get, I think, my very first genuine fright at Halloween Horror Nights, like one of those things where I was actually scared for my safety because this was all, I'm almost positive everything I just described was to the right. I might have my left and right mixed up, but I'm all, I, I don't think I'm wrong. To my left was a hallway of three beams that were fallen and were kind of like, we got a bit of a little bit of the beginning of Frankenstein and a little bit of the end of Frankenstein, three beams covering the hallway and you, the light turned on. There's Frankenstein, this monsters at, at the end. He comes at you, lights go out. You hear a crash, light goes on. He's past the first beam. Lights go out. You hear a crash, lights go on. Second beam, lights go out, crash. Lights come back on. Frankenstein's monster is right at me. That walk and the light and the sound gave me an actual, I am scared. I am uneasy, genuine core fright probably the first one i ever had at halloween horror nights it was uh, that room was epic it was yep <laughs> I, I mean um frankenstein's monster has always been another one of those uh, another sympathetic monsters and i think that's it's really what i like about a lot of of the monsters that the um that that um universal has created is is that um they're not too you know 1d 2d monsters they're not even you know they have a lot of depth to them and you know there's a lot of sadness to their stories and a lot of empathy that you can give the actual monster and 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 for this though they threw that out yeah (laughs) and just gave you that visceral scare of frankenstein's monsters coming closer and closer and closer and closer and they did it in such a way that you didn't you know, you didn't have to hit the timing perfectly. Almost everybody could get that, that doom, 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 doom. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Yep. It was really good. And that was the last monster house, but we had kind of this finale room. It was like a, almost like a wind down room because you went through these large and large, these enlarged strips of film. It's like, it had that, that that film looked to it with the sprocket holes on the side, but they were like, I don't know, maybe a, a I'm going to say a foot wide, anywhere between eight inches and a foot wide. And you could see the classic imagery of the, of each creature, Frankenstein and Dracula and whatnot. And that's what you kind of walked through to get out. And there were some, there were some characters still in there for one last encounter, but no setting, no context. And then, and then you had, you exited the parade building. This is one of my all time favorites explains why I was out of my chair when they announced universal monsters for 29, which I did not expect. I expected it for 30. So yeah, love universal monsters. And I love when it was done well. And this was a lot of fun. I love this house. Yeah. And and I think that's one of the reasons that we're, we're able to almost skip the Wayback machine for this <laughs> yeah, I know, um, right? episode yeah. <laughs> because it, it's kind of a given and that and and that was also one of the reasons why I let the the list of of mazes that we had flow the way we did it because it was like oh no let's just do them in order because we're going to end with with 
the Wayback Machine yeah. maze, which is at least I'm assuming this is your Wayback Machine maze absolutely, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, and yeah. there's there's no scare zone to go back to, so it's like the really yeah. No. The only thing you can pick within our guidelines of our game is Universal yeah. Monsters. Yeah. And and it's it, yeah. End on a high note is is always a good thing. This was this maze. Well, actually, the last three mazes that we talked about really made uh, the year for me. And I think it, it's one of those things where this is where that that love of the originals really started to get seated into my mm, brain. Nice. Um, where it was like you know. They did some pretty cool stuff with Silent Hill. They did some pretty great stuff with Walking Dead. And I'm still just like when they their creative team gets to do what they want to do, I'm all in. It's it was, I mean, it's it's a it's a I opened this the whole series of this one for twenty two, saying it's it's twenty one's a tough year to jump but to follow up from. And it kind of it's got its hits and misses, but it's still a fun one, and their their hits hits were good, and still a lot of good memories from that year. Oh yeah, um, and they can't all be twenty ones. <laughs> they can't all be twenty yeah, fives. Exactly. Yep. You know, they, they, that's that's there's got to be years where they try stuff. Yeah, you know, and uh, it, that's I think that's what what part of this year was. It's like they're trying stuff, and uh, yeah. Uh, you get you get weaker years it's yep. okay yep i still had a blast at the event uh most of that is and again you know we talk about this all the time on the episode i love the event i love going there i love all the things they do but most of this is just it's uh, an opportunity for me to hang out with my friends <laughs> right. and it's you know that's the that's the big thing and like the whole event is just the icing on the cake yep yep so to wrap up this the, this is the we're gonna kind of full circle this we're gonna go back to the Reming hordes and actually we're actually really going back to the legions of horror the legions of horror were developed or part of a much larger thing that happened out apart from the event itself there was a big game called horror unearthed and it had an online portion and it had an in part portion and you it first started off by you signing up online and you pledged you allied with one of the six legions strangoit serabin morphin uh mestorian karazin or bacanoid so that's the let's see if i get them right what's that wait wasn't it like slytherin in there too no right yeah right yeah <laughs> that hadn't <laughs> happened yet so you have your your, your vampires your your uh beast your traditionals your zombies your warriors and your oh my gosh the uh the chainsaw jill team not the i the i can't remember what they're called uh uh, gee i can only look in the same notes that i have right in front of me uh what was there the the, the prisoners prisoners i almost got it by memory so you pledged your alliance with one of them and then after you did that you're now assigned to this legion and now you enter the online game, and what you find inside the game is this this rough stone brick wall with six alcoves, two rows of three alcoves each, and each one had a item in it. Uh, one had an urn with a dragon emblem and a bloody dagger. One had a Fabergé egg in the center of a double-toothed bear trap. There is a locked cylindrical cage, a blood-soaked ornate ewer, 
a creepy blue baby doll in this like hooded jacket and then a severed arm and a glass filled with green liquid. You clicked on each of those images and it led you into a mini game. You, so you played these mini games and you didn't necessarily uh, like the more you played, the more points you accumulated. There was really no losing a game. You just couldn't play only so right. far until you didn't, it wasn't like three lives and die. You would uh, eventually die and, and not finish the game. Your points were tallied not only for yourself, but they were added collectively to your legion. So there was a scoreboard for legions and then your position in the legion. There's a lot of data collecting in this as far as the points. Yeah, go. No shit. Yeah. So on top of that, if you also further registered for the in part game, you were sent a card. It was this like pale green. I have one pale green card with those six emblems. I talked about earlier, the purple dragon, the orange scorpion, the green arm, the red spider vampire. We just went through this in our last episode. So it had all six emblems on the back of it as an RFDI card. You took this card with you and you gathered points throughout the event. And the easiest way to gather points was to go through the houses. Cause when you went through the house with your card on you, there was a scanner in that last door and you got points for going through the house. Okay. So there was, as the, as the event, progress they had tasks for all players and for certain just for the legion and some of the things were like the task would be like go to all seven houses in one night that's for all players but then there were six nights six separate nights one night each was for each legion october 12th had the Masturian legion and you had to find them at Men in Black, and that's where the Fabergé egg, the real-life Fabergé egg in the bear trap was. That was their emblem. Once you found them, you had gotten your card scanned, and you got your points. October 14th, the Cerebrin Legion, that was their night. You had to go into the streets of New York and find the cylindrical cage. That was their emblem. The twenty October 21st, the Karazin Legion, that was the Walking Dead scare zone, not scare zone, whatever you want to call it. That was the arm and the jaw, and they hid that in a very unique place. They hid it under the mouth of the hanging jaws off on the dock in San Francisco. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> October 24th, the Strangout <clears throat> Legion at Central Park, you had to find a blood-drenched ewer. October 25th, the Morphin Legion, you had to go in the Animal Planet area and find that freaking creepy blue baby doll with the red eyes. October 28th, the Beckanoid Legion had to find one of those... Uh, stairway facades in the apartment uh, thing, like the, the the whole apartment facade in the streets of New York. On one of the stairways was the dragon urn with a dagger. You got your card scanned. You completed your mission. You actually were given a puzzle to figure out where these things were, a, a word puzzle of sorts, a, a kind of a mind... Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? A... Uh, Mind teaser. Mind teaser. Thank you. Yes. Puzzle. Or brain teaser. Brain teaser. That's it. Yes. It's like, you know, you could figure out where the, uh, how the alphabet fit into this emblem and then decipher your code. And that told you where to go. Like the, the men in black one, it says, says, uh, it wasn't men in black. It was like these men wear black. It's like, okay. So men in black, that kind of thing. So you had to figure out the code and then go find them. There was one final task for everybody. October 31st. Last night of the event, for one hour between 8.30 and 9.30, players, they had to have their cards and they needed to find the master. The master was a black cloaked figure that wandered the park. 
Here's the thing, though. The master had two decoys with him. Only one of them had a scanner that actually scanned points. So you really wanted to find all three before the night was over. So you found the guy, and, and they would not scan your cards until they stopped walking. So you'd find a black cloak figure, you'd start following him, and then when he finally stopped, you'd have your card scanned, and you'd hoped, if you hadn't had all three, that at least the master did, so you got your full points. When the game was over, you went over to the horror makeup show theater for some cookies and water and a Q&A in the theater with the game creators, three of the game creators, which were the master and a decoy that you were following in the park for that hour. That's pretty cool. That's fun. Um, That's really fun. It is fun. Uh, the hard part for me that I, I mean, I, I like these types of things and I think they're, they're great. It's very intricate. It's very cool, but it's only very cool for residents of Orlando. It is. It is. They did. They did kind of consider that a little bit in the sense that they gave clues to where the actual master was online. So people that weren't there could help their Legion partners. Sure. If you had communications with them over, you know, different means. Yeah. Yeah. This is oh absolutely. Cool, I this is this is a hardcore resident uh, or at least someone that's going to be there for that whole yeah. week and a half Stint. that it, two weeks it takes actually to, to do that final yeah. push. So yes, I admit that, but that was it was a but, neat thing. But I'm also okay with that because I think that you know, playing up to the Orlando fans and the the people that are there all the time, the guys like you and Hunter that go all the time every you know, you're there every week, at least every week. You're there probably multiple times every week. That you're spending a lot of money. Yep. And anybody who's spending that kind of money and that kind of effort and time to be there that much, I think you should be rewarded. And so that's kind of cool. I just selfishly, as somebody who yeah. you know doesn't go as much, it just kind of sucks because it's like, uh, you know, give me something I can do in, in a week. You know, um, that would be cool. Uh, give give residents something they can do in the month. Give us something we can do in the week. And, you know, for the people who, who are sometimes like me, who only go one night. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I did, like I said, I did play this game. I played the online game and I had my card when I remembered to take it, of course, which wasn't every yeah. night. When I remembered to take it to the park, somehow I missed that two week period of where my legion would have played that game and i was part of the backernoid legion the warriors because of the the dragon in the urn so i completely missed that so i didn't get points for that i don't know how many points i got for the house because i didn't quite realize that was happening until i wouldn't say after the whole thing was over but towards the end and i didn't go to the um final event because it was actually halloween and that year we we're doing something typically we do something for halloween and when it doesn't fall on a friday saturday or sunday and I think this was like a Tuesday or Wednesday. I yeah, I I did the Halloween thing instead. But I still have my card, and for shits and giggles, I took it up to, or I scanned it across one of our card readers at work, and my hexadecimal RFID number was D zero four two two four E eight four three two five E A four four D E D F C two two three C. Just in case I don't know, I was wondering. All right. <laughs> Nobody was. No, I know. So to completely wrap up as a matter of record, as we usually do, the rides and attractions open were Hollywood Rip Rocket, Men in Black Alien Attack, Despicable Minion, or Despicable Minion, or Despicable Me, Minion Mayhem, Revenge of the Mummy, The Simpsons Ride, and two notable guest appearances or involvement during that. October 6th, Gloria Stefan performed at HHN. 
as one of the <laughs> vampires characters. All right. Yep. And October 13th, Penn and Teller made an appearance at their house. They shot a promo video and then hung around and popped out at the end instead of the clowns. That was obviously not the night we went. No. Yep. Unfortunately not. All right. That's it. We did 22. Two more to go. Two more. Two more. (laughs) Two more years. Uh, Two more years. Oh, wait. No, we are getting it done this year. Yeah, we're we're gonna get done this year. Um, it's uh, it's been fun to do this again because I I I forgot how much I missed doing these episodes and how much I missed learning about the event and and the stuff. Because um, even though I was at this event, there like I said, this game thing and it's, yeah. there's there's so much stuff that I still missed because they they were my first you know my formative years of going to the event. So I'm yeah I'm I'm very very excited to do the next two. Yes, and yeah, to uh, yeah, remind everybody, we are it's <laughs> it's the uh, we had two more years ago to catch up to where we started, which is Halloween Horror Nights twenty five, and we we tackled twenty five like we were doing it all the other years before. So we'll finally have completed that circle, and then the show will not be over. We're we'll be continuing, but we will talk more about that in two more year coverage. I'll say two more episodes, but it'll probably take longer than that. But we are going we to finish plans. it this year. <laughs> we have plans. We're definitely finishing it this year. We say that every year, but we're going to finish it this year because we want to get to those plans. That's that's really the point. So thank exactly. you. Every, thank you, everyone, for your patience during all this. People do ask about them, and I would be hard-pressed to blame them if they did not like sit there and point out how many years it's taken us and how we've only done one a year for two years. They've been very, listeners have been very kind about it. And I do appreciate that because we have a lot of other shows where there ain't as kind. So you guys, you guys, yeah, we really appreciate your patience. That's, I'm not saying that lightly at all. No. And, and unfortunately, you know, we've had a lot of life changes for both Matt and I during these years. So that's contributed, but, but we really don't have a good excuse. We, <laughs> no, we don't, right? <laughs> we really don't. And so, yeah, we do appreciate the patience and we do appreciate everyone who's stuck around and keeps listening and, and has, has followed us in the evolution of the show. Cause it really has been an evolution for us. And uh, yeah, we're, we're bringing on more and more guests and more and more people and it's been fun and we will be back with either the first part of 23 or the next announcement which could be any day now but this will conclude 22 except for me thanking quit for joining me and what could have been another two-parter but we're gonna go ahead and release this as is it's all houses it's 95 percent houses five percent game it's good to go thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you in the next episode Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a news as internet entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at newsaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Newsaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash newsaz. Thanks for listening.